podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. Five more of these book-clenching games to go. Liverpool win 3-1 at St Mary's. Oh, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, certainly the first half, but it's a Friday night. I don't really associate Friday nights with football, but the Reds seem to be doing good. So you know what? I have some incredible panellists and hopefully some callers as well. So sit back, relax, and um, let's recap this result. And joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible guests. So first up, I am delighted to be joined by the all-rounder on AI, I feel, um, a podcast extraordinaire, sometimes writes a little as well. It is Sam Evans. Sam, welcome back. Whoa, I was expecting that was Mo's intro. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> Mo's is much better than yours. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, never mind then. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really good, Nina, despite that uh, little backhanded compliment there. Thanks for that. Just kidding, just kidding. But you kind of ruined it for me because you've now teased in who my next guest is. Okay, he is the man that knows all things money and finance. His podcasts have been received so well on social media and from Liverpool fans. He really does know what he's talking about. He's a lovely guy as well, knows a little bit about wrestling too. I might add, it is the host of the Money Talks podcast and just an awesome, awesome dude himself, Mo Chatra. Mo, welcome back. Oh, thank you. What an introduction. Wow, Nina. Um, I'll have to live up to the hype now, won't I? Um, yeah, oh, God, it's... Uh, I don't know if my nerves can handle five more of these games. i tell you what, it's just uh, crazy. Every single game now is just so tense. Um I'm getting on in age and I can't cope, I can't cope with stuff like this anymore. <laughs> I know it is it's so exhausting but you know what I'm glad I got your little feelings there. I've not got Sam's and then we'll go to our first call. It's Sam, you're a really hop, happy, optimistic, glass half full all the time. Like when when we have a shit result I kind of want to hang out with you in terms of Anfield index people because you always have a positive spin on things. How how are you going to cope with five more of these? There's no need to suck up now, Nina, right? You've already blown it. <laughs> right? we, know, we know Mo's better. All right. He's the guy <laughs> with the amazing intro, but at least I can't disappoint. So, um, yeah, f- five more of them. I Well, if you remember a while back, my Apple Watch was going ballistic when yes. I got from Liverpool. <laughs> and my, it was giving me basically warnings that I might be having a heart attack. Um, <laughs> Sorry, not funny, but yeah. <laughs> But I was just like messaging Apple. No, don't worry, guys. I'm all right. I'm still going. It's just Liverpool. All right, yeah, fair. And it's, it's, I'm just having to pull my watch off, basically. I think that's the way forward for the next five games. We're, we're showing unbelievable balls. Um, mm-hmm. Something that we've complained about for years that we haven't had 
So, you know, we're going one nil down away to Southampton. They played brilliant Southampton today. Mm-hmm. And it's just, if we can do things, if we can keep digging it out like this, you know, that's three really tight ones in a row there now. If we can keep doing this, then there's absolutely no reason why we can't do it. So, a um, bit like Mo, bit nervous, worried I might collapse, but so, so excited. Yeah, it is It is mentally and physically exhausting. I can't imagine what the players and the coaching staff and everyone involved at Liverpool are going through right now if we are feeling it as fans. OK, we're going to go to our first caller. And you know what? I thought about him on Sunday uh, because he obviously is a Liverpool supporter. His partner is a Spurs supporter. So I was quite intrigued to see the dynamics of that house on Sunday. But it is Tadeva Chanikara, who again, a familiar voice on Anfield Index. You've heard him on the Transfer Podcast. Um, face off in the past as well, and of course on the Nina Kaza show as well. Tadiva, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Nina. Just just to answer your question, there it it was pretty tense. I can it imagine. Really, really tense. Um, yeah, she basically walked out the room. Yeah, I can imagine because obviously that isn't like it's the first combo I've heard of like a Spurs and a Liverpool fan being together. So I did think of you. So I was like, oh god, and she knows a lot of that stuff, and she's really passionate. So I was like, oh. Yeah, no, um, hope, hopefully they still make top four. For of course, of course. <laughs> and and they beat Manchester City in the Champions League. I Definitely. want that for her. I want that for her. But Tadeva, you're calling today. And of course, we just beaten Southampton. You've heard the lads there. They were, you know, it's been quite tense and stressful. Um, five more of these to go. So, you know what? The floor is yours. What would you like to raise with the panel? Um, I just wanted to raise the, the contrast between, obviously, the Liverpool side where we seem to every game or every minute of every game seems to be important. Whereas the city players, I don't know if it's as intense for them. It seems like they go through the motions a lot quicker in terms of how quickly they get ahead in games and their games don't seem as intense. Maybe because we're Liverpool fans, we see it that way. But do you think maybe there's an element of, you know, we've seen over the years, the Sir Alex Ferguson teams, those never die attitudes is that starting to creep into Liverpool's game? That is a really, really good question. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm going to come to more first on this one because it was something I think what um, uh, Martin Tyler kind of mentioned to um, Jamie Carragher on the commentary as well, that, you know, teams seem to... I don't know, Manchester City seem to do things much more quicker and much more efficiently. I want to get your thoughts on this because I kind of feel like... I think teams subconsciously or roll over to Manchester City like, oh, we can't beat them. It's almost that there's a fear element. And, um, of course, I want to get your thoughts on the comparison to have um, a rough Liverpool line in terms of, like, they'll fight for points. You know, they're a scrappy team, which in, in the long run could be very, very advantageous to Liverpool. I want to get your thoughts on this as well, because if a team does get stuck into Manchester City, how will they respond? because they're just so used to having their own way. They're a bit like a spoiled kid. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, there are a couple of games earlier in the season where Manchester City came up against Lyon. And Lyon, um, mm. unlike most Premier League teams, really took it to City. And City almost didn't know how to cope. Um, yes. And um, I, I thought, you know, if, if Premier League teams try to do that to City, um, then, you know, maybe that, that will just be something that will be outside of their comfort zone. They, they are used to teams parking the bus. They are used to teams sitting in. They're used to teams ceding possession. 
And when teams try to go on the front foot against them, um, it ruffles their feathers. And, you know, think back to the blip that they had um, back in December when they lost about three games out of four. Um, you know, t- teams are doing this to them and, uh, you know, that they, they, you know, struggled massively. And I'm just surprised that more teams don't try to test them in that way. Um, but, you know, we, we are a team that don't quite have their quality um, across yes. the pitch. Um, you know, that, that, that's quite clear, um, especially in midfield. I mean, we, we've got some fine players in midfield, but that they've got so much depth there that, you know, we, we need, you know, another couple of years to be able to match it, I'd say. But uh, what we do make up for is, is Brendan Rodgers' old phrase of character. You know, we bring that in abundance. And, you know, you think, think back to two or three years ago, when we went 1-0 down and we were, you know, second to everything the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, those types of starts to games two, three years ago almost inevitably led to defeats um, or draws at very best. Whereas with the, with the game today and, you know, so many performances this season, we've seen that even if we do start off a little bit subdued and a bit rough, um, we do come back in because... We've got this never say die attitude, um, as Tadiba mentioned, that kind of um, belief in ourselves that the Ferguson teams of old had. And I, I think that this is something that now we are developing and building into this team. And we have got a younger team compared to most of our Premier League rivals. Um, it's something that can be ingrained and passed on from player to player. And, you know, this is something that United had for the better part of 20 years. And, uh, and that's something that, I'm really hopeful it is not something that's fleeting, that isn't here just for this season and on the next. I, I think that, that that could be one of the most important um, characteristics for this team in the years to come. Some excellent points there. And some of our panel, um, some of our um, subscribers are agreeing with you in the chat box. And uh, Rowan kind of mentioned the Crystal Palace game as well, just before Christmas as well, I believe. So, yeah, there were some teams that kind of got stuck into them because... I think you're quite right then. They seem to have stopped doing that, which is a bit strange. And I have no idea why. I do agree with you in, in the quality front as well. I just feel like they can take off a player and bring on a player equally as good. Doesn't, you know, there isn't a dip in quality and fingers crossed we get to that, to that level. Sam, <clears throat> I'll give you a chance to kind of respond to, to Diva's question. And of course, the points that more made and anything you'd like to add as well about, um, just how teams, um, how um, Manchester City and Liverpool have to sort of um, play against certain opposition, how they set up against us. And of course, um, this um, gritty attitude by Liverpool, you know, there is a fight and intensity about them. Yeah, I think it's an excellent point by Tadiwa. Um, One of my mates, Ben, actually texted me the other day and he said, you are the new Man United. And he said, he tried to added a bit of extra information saying, everyone hates you. And you keep winning, you know, close games and everyone's calling you jammy bastards and all of this. And that's just, I was, I took as a massive compliment because yes. basically it means that this team is made of stronger stuff. And we are grinding out the wins and we are showing that we are becoming more and more battle hardened. Whereas, you know, Mo was making some great points there about Man City, right? And, and they are gliding through games. They're winning the games comfortably. But what that can do on occasion is when they do have the tougher games then, they, they don't know where to turn. You know, we're, we're a team now at the moment, we've got very used to having to grind these wins out. 
and it, mm. and I think it's brought us closer together as as a team and as a squad. And you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what team we put out there. It seems to be they're all really united together. And you know, we've got a bench this season as well that that can make the changes. So I I just think it it really does stand us in good stead. And the fact that Man City are you know winning comfortably every week and we're just nicking it is going to piss them off something rotten. You know, Man City fans and the players would have got their hopes up yet again today for the third game in a row, thinking we're going to drop points. And then bang, there's this thing in the tail in the, in the end again. And we're just not going away. So um, it, it's so, so exciting. And I, I think that's going to put that extra bit of pressure on Man City now. You know, we know, we know they're coming up to that really tough period shortly where they got Spurs three times. Uh, two of them in the Champions League, obviously, and Man United away as well. So, you know, that's the time now when they're going to be tested. And let's just hope that they're not quite ready for the challenge. Absolutely, absolutely. And Tadeva, I'll let you just respond to what the lads have said there. They kind of pretty much um, really loved your question and obviously added their little thoughts and insight into that. And um, both of them agree with the Manchester United shout as well. So I'll let you have a final say and then we'll move on to our next caller. Yeah, I thought they covered it really well, and it definitely is something that's creeping into our game. It's, it's maybe it's not there yet, but it is something that I think the biggest factor will become when other teams start to notice it, and not just us. Then that's when that sort of like united fear factor comes into games where teams just know that in the last fifteen minutes they're going to concede, and psychologically that could become pretty huge. Um, just a, 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 in terms of stats, I, I mentioned it in the group chat on Discord, um, was that in the last, well, this season, Liverpool has scored, I think, um, now I'm going to butcher my own stats. It's <laughs> like I butcher names. You're on the perfect pod here. You're on the perfect pod. We butcher everything. My own stats. But it was something like Liverpool have picked up 20 points from um, in the last 15 minutes. Of, of games this season, which is the most of any team this season. So you can see it's definitely something that we're starting to add in, in, into our game. And from a psychological perspective, as, as Sam and Mo have mentioned, it's got to frustrate the city players. I mean, they just cruise through games and they watch, they're definitely watching our games. If they tell you they're not watching, they're lying to you because they're definitely watching our games. That's how just teams work in, in terms of professional sports. They keep an eye on, on our games and with their games, when we watch them, when our players watch them within the first 30 to 45 minutes, our players probably turn it off because it's already mm-hmm. too normal. Whereas for City, they're going to go through the emotion of a 90 minute game just to see Liverpool sneak over the line. And that must just take a lot out of them. So hopefully psychologically as well, you know, watching that thinking, yes, yes, yes. And then thinking, oh shit, we've got to stay on our game. Exactly. You know, it's like, oh. And, and I think, um, credit to Sky for during their preview, they mentioned a good point in that Liverpool basically just need to hold on to City's heels long enough for City to need to win those games against Man, um, against Man United and I think Spurs is it that they play as well, where they can't go into those games relaxing and a draw today would have maybe allowed that. So as, as long as we can keep it there, just keep that pressure there. And then I think eventually they've just got so many games. Um, but also just credit to, you know, Liverpool. Look at the amount of points we've done this season. I think that that's a credit to Klopp and the team and the staff in terms of no one's done this before. 
either as Liverpool team and certainly not many teams outside of Liverpool, we would have been cruising in the league if it wasn't for this ridiculous city side at the moment. So we've we've done well this season. It's true, it's true. Absolutely. But we want the title. Yes, we want the title. Well, okay, so that was Tadiva, our first caller. We might have some more callers later on, but right now it's just myself and the awesome panel. So we will I think discuss first and foremost. Um uh, Sam, I'll stick with you. Uh, the lineup. It was the midfield that we all wanted. Um, the midfield that we all, um, maybe not all of us deserved, but all of us really needed. But um, as as a whole, I want to get your thoughts on the team lineup. How did you feel about the lineup? And then we'll discuss obviously the first half and second half. Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise when I saw the lineup. It's something that you know, obviously, a lot of people have been crying out for on Twitter and everything. As, as people that like to look at stats, especially, have seen that the impact that uh, Kate uh, and Fabinho have had when they've been on the pitch ha- has been exceptional. It's just the whole Kate thing has been a bit of a bizarre... It's been a month or so, is it, since he last had a game? He was starting every game for a little while and then just got completely bombed out. So I was really happy to see him back in the starting lineup, but I was a bit anxious what I was going to see. And obviously... You know, I don't want to go in too far into the game yet, but obviously the start of the game, Keita did look a bit nervous and got caught with the ball a couple of times, but he did grow into the game. But yeah, when I saw the team lineup, I, I was really happy, really excited, and I was going into the game pretty confident that we'd go ahead and, and win the game. I was not expecting what I went on to see. Absolutely, yeah. It's funny, isn't it, how you look at that and you think it's a progressive midfield, it's going to do things. And more, I want to get your thoughts on the team lineup because I didn't see much fume on social media. I did just jump on just before kickoff and it seemed quite calm and quite relaxed and quite, I don't know, harmonious <laughs> for, a, you know, just before a game for a Liverpool game. Oh, yeah. I mean, normally there's always one or two players in there that gets everyone going. Um, but not really today. Um, you know, Henderson obviously uh, divides opinion. Um, that's an understatement. But uh, yeah, the fact that he was on the bench meant that uh, all the fans clamouring for Naby um, and Fabinho to start um, were best pleased. And uh, no, so it was good to see um, the pre-match without you know fans fuming and instead just talking about the game and looking forward to it. Um, so so that that was good. Um, and then the match itself started, and unfortunately, one of the three just didn't turn up, and uh, that that was Ginny. And uh, I think that was more down to the fact that he just seems to be fatigued. Yes, he played so much football. Um, I, I think I saw a stat from um, our you know esteemed colleague Cy Brundish um, about Ginny having ran 140 kilometres more than any other midfielder in the. Uh, in the squad. So, you know, he's really got the miles in his legs now. And as we come towards the end of the season, maybe, you know, he, you know, he might be coming towards the end of uh, um, his, his season in terms of, you know, um, contributions and output. Um, maybe he just needs to be rested for a couple of games. I hope he doesn't start in midweek against Porto. I think that, you know, he's played so much, um, maybe a full week off might do him um, some good. Um, but nonetheless, it was really good to see Naby get a start at last. And, uh, you know, that, that was encouraging and it was reassuring to see Fabinho 
um, once again at the base of the midfield uh, where you know most fans agree he, he needs to be starting pretty much every game. For sure, for sure. And I believe that we were going to have a caller, but due to technical difficulties, Mac couldn't join us because he's actually on a train. And this was the question that he wanted to ask as well. So great minds think alike, Mac. So I'm going to pretend that this is your question now. You asked that question to the panel. Um, I, I have to agree with you. I was really delighted to see, obviously, the team. But um, again, uh, Sam, I'll come to you because um, we're going to actually talk about the first half because Moore kind of touched on a few things there, saying that, you know, one of the players looked fatigued and he, on paper it looked like a solid midfield. You thought, we're going to blow these guys away. Um, wasn't quite the case. Um, I felt like the midfield looked a little... On, on the actual pitch, it was kind of losing the battle, in my opinion. I think that was largely down to the way Southampton was set up. Um, I felt like there was lots of space in the midfield. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, uh, I even noticed it. I, I know, you know, Fabinho looked better when, certainly when Jordan Henderson came on because obviously he was allowed to do his role and do it well. But, um, I thought, you know, he, he looked a bit, he got dispossessed a few times and um, players went past him a fair few times. That doesn't mean that Fabinho's shit. Um, I just think he didn't have a very good game because of obviously, um, he was one man short in midfield. Yeah, um, to, to be fair, I think that the midfield did start quite shakily. I thought, credit to Southampton, I thought Romeo and Hoiberg just pressed the crap out of us in the midfield and, and got a bit of joy. Um, I think they, they exploited Naby's size a bit as well. And there was a couple of times when he kind of got out-muscled and did lose the ball. But it, it was something that I thought we started to get back control of after about half an hour of the game. And 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 I do think you know Kate ended up growing into the game and actually really happy for him did actually chip in with a goal even though I've just seen a replay I didn't realise it took a massive deflection um, but I think he, he's deserved that bit of luck you know he's been very patient this season and I'm really really happy as well that he he managed to play the whole game they didn't actually sub him off when they made that impact sub I think that could have been damaging to his confidence again if they'd have removed him from the team when we were in a losing position or a, a drawing position then um, when we had the likes of Wijnaldum who very rightly pointed out has looked extremely tired over the last few games uh, Wijnaldum has so um, I think that was the correct decision but yeah you know o- overall that's the midfield I really wanted to see today and I think despite the, the scoreline I don't think they did all that badly. I, I just think we've got to give a lot of credit to Southampton mm-hmm. and, and a lot of credit to the manager today for setting it up in the way that he has. You know, he has been trying to do that uh, in the second half of the season. I think that his substitutes have improved a lot and we're finding that they are making the changes that we, we really want them to make. Whereas earlier on the season, I really felt that he was making some substitutions that would just absolutely baffle me. And, and he'd be leaving the boys that you'd think would make the impact on the bench. So, um, yeah, I think he's, he clopped absolutely nailed it today in the end. I think a lot of people might have underestimated Southampton, but I think it's clear to see that they're a really, really well-managed team now. And, you know, it took a big, big effort from the boys today to get away with that win. 
It did, absolutely. And we'll, of, of course, we'll discuss, obviously, the, the, the substitutes and how that impacted the second half more. I'm going to come to you. I want to speak about the first half. I want to get your thoughts on this as well, because I thought Southampton was set up so well. Um, I think they were playing five at the back. They pretty much nullified any space. They they kind of stopped. Every second ball was pretty much Southampton's. Um, they were also very, very devastating on the counter-attack as well. And certainly, certainly... Um, made a point of trying to expose um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they clearly targeted him. And, uh, you know, the the tactics, um, certainly for the first 20, 25 minutes, seemed to be working really well. Um, they were blocking passing lanes. They were pressing effectively. And um, they didn't really allow us the chance to play out kind of normal game. And... Mm. Um, that was something that I think was frustrating us. And, you know, we've got to bear in mind that when we play a lot of teams, um, you know, there's few that press us in, in this kind of way. Certainly, um, you know, in, in the opening 20 minutes, I didn't expect Southampton to um, keep it up for most or all of the game because, you know, this is something that this team is still getting used to. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, the manager only started, what, two, three, four months ago. Um, so they're still adapting to his way, and uh, you know it might not be until next season before we see um, Southampton, you know, fully at it in terms of the way that the manager wants them to play. Um, so I, I did expect us to go grow back into the game, um, but um, yeah, they they were certainly causing us problems, and I, I was genuinely worried that after that first goal, that a second one would come. And you know, certainly there were moments in that first half where I thought it's only a matter of time before a second goal comes because. We are looking all at sea. Um, mm. You know, you're quite right. On on our right-hand side, Trent was being double teamed. Um, yeah. The tag team of Bertrand and Redmond were just doing a number on him. And uh, he was really struggling to cope. And he looked nervous as well. I mean, you know, even some simple passes he was getting wrong as well. So, um, you know, the, the pressure and maybe the nerves of the occasion were getting to him, which is understandable. You know, he's a young player. Um, and, you know, you can't expect... Um, him to be, you know, delivering eight out of tens every every single game, um, but you know, as of as the first half wore on, um, I, I mentioned it in the Discord app that you know we remember that we're Liverpool, and I think Southampton remember this Southampton, and we ended the first half um, much the stronger team. I felt uh, we we you know scored, um, you know, which we, we'll obviously come on to in a moment, and uh, you know we. Uh, we're looking more like ourselves. And, uh, you know, uh, that certainly gave me the confidence that we could go on and win it in the second half. No, I, I, I hear you. And Sam, I'm going to come to you because um, one thing I find is when a team plays like a low block team, the, when they play low block against us, the worst thing that can possibly happen is for us to concede because I felt like then Southampton really got comfortable in their shape. Like, hang on, we're a goal up. These guys aren't getting a sniff. And we can carry on playing the way we play. And I just feel like when we play a team like that, I think it's kind of, I know it worked out in our favour today. And I think we're getting better against the low block. I think we, we tackle it better. Um, but in, in the past, it has been like, oh, we're just going to stick to this, um, you know, this formation because Liverpool can't break it down. And when we go a goal down, you know, in the first half, I was just like, oh, my God, because it could have been two more. Um, we could have been 2 nil down easy, like Moore said. Because they, their, their passing was so much crisp and so much more quicker and much more effective than ours in the first half. We were slow and pedestrian. 
Yeah, as I said earlier, I was really impressed with Southampton. I, I wasn't expecting them to be quite so fluid, especially on the break. You know, they were really snappy and, and really took advantage of us when we were trying to, you know, after they took that lead, we were trying to pin them in and we were doing that successfully. But they were breaking with, with serious numbers and a lot more players forward than I was expecting. And, you know, it, it, it just goes to show just how vital... You know the signings have been Virgil and Allison are just absolutely huge signings for us. You know, I know Allison had a quiet game today; he didn't have much to actually do himself. But it's just the impact it's had on us in these games. In the in a Premier League season, you're going to have games when you're seriously under the cosh away from home, and that was always when we'd let the second goal in and we'd be out of the game, and you know we'd have the inevitable fight back in the second half but it would never be quite enough because we'd be leaving ourselves too much to do the, these signings we made at the back now have been absolutely pivotal to this league run this season and it's just so so nice to see you know when we are under the cosh you can still have faith that the boys will grind it out and you know keep it down to just the one goal and if we can do that against teams you'll always fancy us to score at least two on the other end so um yeah just absolutely delighted and you know I'm, I'm just thoroughly enjoying pissing off all of my mates who are either Man United fans or Man City fans or Arsenal fans or whatever and just thoroughly enjoying us being the team that people apparently hate so much Look at you smug little shit um, <laughs> Mo I'll, I'll come back to you because we've kind of discussed the first goal there I think you, I'm going to come to you about um, Liverpool's equaliser because you touched on it because you thought we started to you know you, you were filled with confidence but of course Naby Keita scores a very very important vital first goal for Liverpool equalising things I want to get your thoughts on his performance as well because I felt like he, uh, he started to grow into the game he was in more advanced positions more attacking positions and um, it was just nice for him to kind of get a goal and you know just the build up to it as well because um I think Mosala did well to kind of re-recover it, pass it out to, was it Trent Alexander-Arnold, and he kind of whips in across? Or was yeah, Mosala offside? Yeah, Mosala was, um, and there was offside as well. Yeah, I mean, it appeared that he was offside, um, but then um, as, of, as of phases of play developed, um, obviously it led to the cross from Trent, clearly from an in, uh, onside position, um, mm. I think there was some mention on commentary um, about um, it still being um, a permissible goal. Um, so it, uh, I, I was I didn't catch quite the technicalities of it, but I think it was still ultimately okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone in the chat. Um, but uh, the cross itself was was fine from Trent. You know, it was one of his rare bright moments in the first half. I, I thought for most of the first half he was. Uh, quite poor, in fact. But mm-hmm. um, we know that um, even if he's not having a good day, um, his delivery into the box um, can be exceptional. And you know that that was a really well judged ball in. And uh, now that that was the good thing about Naby, and you know that that's one of the benefits of having somebody who is more attack minded in midfield because you know he was willing to make that run into the box um, on the chance that the cross would come in. And he was there at the, at the end of it. And, uh, you know, as Sam mentioned, um, it was a slight deflection. Um, but nonetheless, it found the uh, net uh, snuck in. Um, you know, the goalkeeper gun um, got a hand to it, tried to keep it out, didn't quite 
managed to do that. And, uh, you know, it, it was a well-needed equaliser because I thought if we go into the break 1-0 down and, uh, you know, that will just put more pressure and, you know, create greater uh, impetus on us to uh, break that defence down. And uh, I, was, I was really worried that they'll start parking the bus and making it a double-decker one at that in the second half. So, no, it, it was it was good that it came in the first half and, um, you know, it gave us confidence for the rest of the half as well because after that goal, um, you know, we, we certainly looked like much a stronger team. And uh, I was delighted for Naby as well because, uh, you know, your, your um, former guest on Media Matters, Statman Dave, put out that stat about um, Scott McTominay having scored more goals than maybe catering costing 50-odd million less. Well, that, that mean didn't last for much, did it? A uh, matter of days, you know, that 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 uh, record is now tied at one apiece. And uh, I'm sure that Naby will go on to score quite a fair few more goals now. But uh, it was clearly a big thing confidence-wise for him. And, you know, it reflected in his performance in the second half where I thought he was a bit more involved and uh, certainly got stuck in to a greater extent. And, um, you know, that, that was certainly... Uh, a great confidence boost for him. I do like Statsman Dave, but I think we're all kind of tainted by a little bias. So you know what? <laughs> Humble pie there, Dave. Eat it up. Um, I'm going to come to Sam on this. Sam, you know, good things come in small packages. Navi Casey scores a fucking header. I, I find shit like that hilarious, being a small person myself. I want to get your thoughts on his performance because I felt like he started growing into that game. And, um, and just your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, Mo made some great points about um, Keita again there. Uh, I just really am so, so relieved. I think that'll be a big kind of pressure off his shoulders there now for Keita. Just getting his first goal, getting to play the 90 minutes as well. Uh, I just think that that's really going to be money in the bank now for this tail end of the season. And if we can get a confident Keita, for this tail end of the season, for the last five Premier League games and however many Champions League games we get, that is an absolutely huge bonus for us. And I really think he could contribute to this team. So, um, yeah, as you said, mad that he's the one that took the header. But isn't it mad how many headers that Manny's getting on the end of these days as well? It's unbelievable. You know, he, he had that he had that mm-hmm. one in the centre of the goal today again, didn't he, where he headed it down mm-hmm. and it, and it just uh, got yeah. saved by the keeper. It was a bit unlucky. And he had another one. He's got an absolutely unbelievable leap. You know, it's, it's not quite Michael Jordan-esque, but it's, it's pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, I don't know where he's found that from, but I think long may that continue as well. But uh, back, back to Kate, uh, I'm just, just so, so happy for the guy. And I think it's, it's just reward. You know, you don't hear any kind of negative press about him. There's been a lot of rumours that, that Liverpool are ready to let him go. But we heard the same kind of rubbish uh, with Fabinho not long ago, and now they're talking about him being un, you know, undroppable or one of the main players in the team. So I think that's something to be taken with a pinch of salt. I think we can all see that there's a player in there. I just think it maybe it's the physicality thing that he might have been struggling with, and you know we all know that they're going to be working on that a lot over the summer. Absolutely, and for sure. And it's you know something that I kind of noticed media as well certainly in the first half was oh my god Naby Keita he doesn't look like a Liverpool player I mean and you know you were reading things about Naby Keita and I was just sat there thinking he has not played him forever he's not had a a consistent run of games how can you say such things 
Like, really, how can you decide and define a player's career based on such a small sample? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And, oh, he looks he, he looks awful on the ball. But well, he's not played him forever. What do you expect? Yeah, if I could jump in on that, Nina. Um, you're quite right. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but about two months back or just over two months ago, um, remember you had those really good games. I think he had a good second half against uh, West Ham, and then he was excellent against Bournemouth. And I think he got like a minor injury, mm. and then um, after that, he just didn't get a look in, and um, he didn't do anything wrong. It's not as if he was playing badly or was out of form. Um, you know, he started to look like he was turning into that player that we thought he was signing, um, and then he picked up an unfortunate minor injury, I believe. And then, you know, he, he just didn't get a chance to, you know, get a run inside. So, you know, who, who knows? I mean, he, he might not get another start for another few games. But if he does, um, then and hopefully uh, the confidence he'll get out of today with a goal in the performance will uh, stand him in good stead to see out the season on a high. No, I'm with you. And I think Sam's absolutely spot on. It was crucial for him to get the full 90 minutes today because we need all these players up to speed. And the only way he's going to be able to deal with the physicality of the Premier League is by actually playing in the Premier League. You know, just just a thought there. So, yeah, I, I have to agree with that. OK, so um, we've kind of discussed Naby Keita then, you know, a majority of the first half. There wasn't much to talk about. I think it frustrated the crap out of, out of a lot of us. Um, let's move on to the second half. And Mo, I'm going to come to you first because I felt like the second half, we pretty much started how we kind of played the first half. I was still nervous, um, more frustrated because I felt like the final ball was off. The quality wasn't there. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Uh, I thought that... Um... We certainly started on the front foot well. I mean, in the very opening seconds of the second half, um, you know, we had them pen into their half for the first few minutes. Um, they then came on um, quite strongly from about 50 to 55. Um, but then we, we reasserted our control and, um, you know, we were probing, but not really creating. In fact, I don't even remember Gunn having to make, you know, a proper save. Um, in uh, the entire second half until we score the second goal. So, you know, we were certainly creating good uh, openings. We were getting into good positions. Um, but that final ball or, you know, just a little foot from um, one of the Southampton defenders, but little, little things, fine margins were meaning that we weren't creating those, you know, big chances that uh, we often see from our team. And, uh no, certainly as we were coming into the final 15 minutes, we thought, oh, here we go. You know, we've had so many close games where it's gone into the final 10, 15 minutes. It, this isn't going to be it, surely. Um, but then we had a bit of magic from uh, my namesake. And, uh, you know, that, that, all, all, those, all that tension, all those nerves, it just dissipated in an instant. It did, it did, and we'll get to that. But first things first, we do have a caller. Um, joining us next is... Is Dylan? Dylan, you there, Dylan Cavallo? Hi, guys. Hey. Oh, good. You can hear me. I was just making sure. Uh, pardon me. I'm all over the place after that. I know it's been nearly an hour since the game ended, but I'm still buzzing. So, 
Uh, I'm going to jump around a bit here. I've got a few things. First off, um, oh, I guess I'll echo Gags' sentiment in the uh, chat during the game. He said something at one point after uh, we scored the second goal. I, I thought it hit the nail on the head because it was funny. I actually said um, about Mo scoring in colorful terms, <laughs> fuck your goal drought agendas. And Gags came in and said that the only agenda that we should all be is for Liverpool to win. And it really is the nail on the head for me because, you know, during the game, before the game, you go on Twitter, not so much this Discord group, but you go on Twitter a lot and you just see a lot of just hate towards particular players, particular systems, particular formations. And everybody's priority you know we discuss a lot of tactics here but everybody's priority really should just be to win and i know everyone's got different ideas of how to win but at the end of the day that's what it's all about we want to we want to be there at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the season if i had to pull a question for you guys from this game though i'd probably ask you what you have to think what what you guys think about jordan henderson's uh post-match interview where he said that he had a, a talk with Klopp about playing further up the pitch because a lot of people have been crying out for that. I know Justin Wells, your uh, U.S. contributor there, has called out for it a lot. He's a mm-hmm. decent box-to-box player, and the fact that he actually made a you know mention of that to Klopp is something to think about because if he thinks it, why doesn't Klopp think it, I guess. But uh, I'm so glad we got over the line, guys. So glad. Absolutely. Okay, we, we will pull your question, and I'm going to come to Sam on this one. Sam, um, of course, um, Klopp made some tactical subs, and one of them was Jordan Henderson. He gets an assist and a goal, you know, the assist for Mosul. I want to get your thoughts on him, because do you think in the past it was always a personnel thing that maybe he thought, I have to play there because I don't have somebody who sits the deepest in midfield, and you're probably the best one to do that job? But if Fabinho plays, it does give Jordan Henderson license to be a bit more box-to-box, a bit more of an aggressive player, and he certainly demonstrated his qualities and capabilities today. I believe Gags, I think, tweeted from the Anfield Index account, this is the captain Jordan Henderson that I remember, and of course he's talking about 13-14 season where he was so impactful and so devastating in that role. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's a fair call because he probably feels that in, in the more defensive role, he's a bit, he's very limited and maybe he's not as comfortable as well. Yeah, t- totally. I think uh, Dylan's made a few very good points there. Um, the, the, the First of all, the fact that we all do it, right? We all have our favourites and usually I, I like to base my favourites on statistics and you know that's why I've been preferring Fabinho and and Keita. but you know obviously football is is more about just plain statistics. Sometimes there are other things you can do on the pitch that isn't necessarily quantifiable. And you know I've got to admit I think Jurgen Klopp knows a little bit more about football than me. So when he does pick a team lineup, I'm glad I, you clarified that. I yeah I have got <laughs> just in case some people were, were going to just you know put me forward for the job. No, um, <laughs> oh um, God. Just, just thought I'd knock that on the head early, but um, no, it's 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 a case of, you know, I, I have full trust in Klopp. He, he's someone that clearly knows what he's doing. It's just obviously we can see the potential in some of these players sometimes, and it's really, really frustrating when they don't get a chance. But obviously there are reasons for it in the background, 
you know, we've got an incredible points tally at this moment in time. You know, we, we've already qualified for the Champions League, as we touched on earlier. We're, we're doing fantastically well. So we've got nothing but faith in this manager and the decisions that he makes. But when it comes to Jordan Henderson, I think you've made a good point there yourself, Nina. The fact that I think they, they felt that he was the best of every, out of everyone for that more defensive role out of the players we had until he thought that Fabinho was ready for it. And I think it's clear to see now that Fabinho is by far the better man for that specific job. And I'm absolutely delighted to see him now in there because that does give Henderson the chance to do what I totally believe is his better role. And uh, as you said, Gags have been talking about it as well. His 13-14 season, when he can just use his legs and just run his socks off and make those bursting runs into the box. You know, when was the last time you saw him do that? You know, what he did today and he got the rewards for it. It's it's so, so good to see. And that really is, you know, if he was playing that position more often, then maybe you'd be getting people to say that he is a worthy captain of this team and he is someone that, you know, actually can contribute massively to the team. But I think, to be fair to the guy, he's been playing in a position that doesn't necessarily highlight his mm. best traits. And I think he's almost taken one for the team in that sense. And then he has to take the abuse for it because it's not necessarily his best role. It's not something that shows him in his best light, but it does show that he can put all the work in for the team and it's helping others by doing that. So um, really, really happy today. You know, when I saw Henderson and Milner coming on, uh, my heart sunk because I was convinced it was Kate and Fabinho coming off. And yeah. I thought, what's he doing? Yeah, and, yeah, I think he's going to go for the obvious. Um, and I, yeah, I just thought he was going to do that. And I thought that's not going to help. And to see, you know, he pulled off Trent. And as Mo pointed out earlier, he was having a bit of a tough time. And, and putting Milner on there, I thought he did excellently when he came on. Played some fantastic balls in. And he just played the percentages and, and made some really good tackles as well. But Henderson just added loads of energy as well. It was something that, you know, we, we knew Southampton were going to tire. They were playing so, so well and putting mm. in so much effort that it was inevitable that they were going to tail off in the last 20. Yes. So I think the legs of Henderson against tired players, they probably said, I can't be asked with this shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I, I'm absolutely knackered. And then I got this guy coming on, running my socks off. So it, it was it was brilliant by Klopp, I think. And it just worked perfectly. And I'm just so, so happy for Henderson as well. You know, just just all sorts of demons being banished today. We've had Keita finally get his first goal for the club. That's going to give him massive confidence. We've got Mo Salah getting his 50th goal for the club. Finally getting that nailed down and sorted and done. We can forget about that. You know, we... He's been fantastic the last eight games, just without that finishing touch. I just hope now that's gone, 50th goal done, and he's going to start going and scoring flat out to the end of the season. And then finally, Jordan Henderson getting that goal at the end. And you can see what it meant to him. That guy works his ass off every game. It doesn't matter what you think of him as a player. He works his ass off and he really does do anything he can for the team. So absolutely delighted for the captain. No, I'm with you. And Mo, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on Jordan Henderson. 
because you know against Spurs he didn't have the best game he got taken off and Fabinho came on but you know he is a a, a player that kind of divides the fan base and opinion and uh, you know again that's a point that Dylan made as well we just want Liverpool to win I'm not Adam Lallana's biggest fan but if he scores the winner against Wolves that makes us champions oh my god I will fucking wear ripped jeans and have his name tattooed across my forehead not really but you, you get you get the drift right people um but I'm, I'm quite happy to just you know be an, an Adam Lallana fangirl because it is essentially about Liverpool winning but I want to get your thoughts on Jordan Henderson because Klopp when I saw those two guys like Sam I thought he's going to do the obvious and he didn't do the obvious and uh, you know I want to get your thoughts on you know Jordan Henderson and his remarks that I want to play in a more advanced role and th- just the comments that Sam made as well your response to that yeah no some great great points by Sam um I've never been one of Henderson's biggest fans. I mean, the first time I was ever on the Nina Casas show, three and a half years ago now, I was even then calling for Henderson to be a squad player. I didn't think mm. he should be in our starting eleven, um, And I still think that, you know, he's somebody who is a valuable squad player, but not necessarily uh, in our starting eleven. But I think he has a role to play in this team. And I think he showed it today. I thought when he and Milner came on, uh, both of them changed the game for us. I thought that they brought some penetration um, and impetus, mm-hmm. and their performances were excellent. There, there's no other word for it. Um, you know, they really took it to Southampton, and, and Sam's right. I, I, th- I think that they just kind of lost the will to try and fight because um, you know th- these two demons were like whirling dervishes, just running circles around them, and they just couldn't cope. I mean, it would be bad enough with one of them, but with two of them. Um, they were just giving them hell, especially along their left-hand side. And uh, um, I can't – is it Valerie, um, their left-back? Um, yes, I think so, yeah. He... Left wing-back. Um, you know, he, he was actually being tormented in the second half um, by by these two. And, uh, you know, they, they really, I felt, changed the, the, the kind of uh, game for us when they did come on. And, uh, you know, they played a vital contribution and to getting us that three those three points um so i was i was glad for him because you know he has come in for a lot of stick and no he's he's not a stupid guy he he knows what people say about him and i think that's part of the reason why you know perhaps he did go to cop and uh you know had that conversation with the manager to say look um maybe it's better if i am pushed a bit further up the pitch where i think i can make more of a contribution um and let fabinho take his rightful place behind um, in the number six position. And, uh, you know, on, on the basis of the final 30 minutes of today's game, um, you know, that, that was certainly a good uh, decision by uh, the captain to have that conversation with Klopp because, you know, he, he certainly made much more of a contribution in that kind of number eight type role on the right side of the midfield um, than he did um, at the weekend against Spurs where I, I thought, you know, he was really disappointing. So, yeah, really good, uh, good for him, glad for him. And, you know, good for the team overall. It's very, very true. It's, glad, it's it's just so reassuring that Klopp actually has midfielders that can actually come off the bench and change the game, which we have seen in two games now and both wins <clears throat> after those substitutions were made as well. OK, so Dylan, those were awesome questions. Uh, thank you so much for your call. Um, a great debate. Um, I'm going to move on to our next caller. It's Rakesh. Rakesh, welcome back to the Nina Kalsa show. Hey, Nina. How's it going? Oh, just about breathing now. <laughs> She's Tell back. me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. What a game. Um, I um, I was worried at the start of the game um, because 
Southampton came out first half and second half, to be fair, and uh, and did a really good job, I thought. Um, mm. But what we really showed was character. I don't want to steal a steal a Rogers uh, phrase, but it's already been mentioned on the pod. Don't oh, worry about okay, it. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm, yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm yeah, a, bit, a bit late to the party, good. but <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. It just felt like as every minute of each half ticked by, we was we were imposing ourselves more and more on the game. Mm. And obviously, in the second half, on the, in the first half, we got the goal. We got the reward for our uh, our play and our, our mentality and stuff. But in the second half, you know, when it gets to like ten minutes to go, or, or sorry, fifteen minutes to go, or ten minutes to go, and the, the clock's ticking down, you're wondering whether, you know, is this going to come off for us? We've done it once. Can we do it again? Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, right now. I'm thinking, how could I even have doubted? How could I even have doubted it or even questioned it? Because we showed we showed some real balls, and I was um, I was just delighted with how how it went. But um, I think the team is now believing 100. If it didn't believe before that that we can do it, um, so let's let's see. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Vakesh. I'm gonna um, uh, I'm gonna turn that into a question because um, I think you've made some really good points. Um, I'm going to come to Sam first on this one because Sam, uh, I think Rakesh is right. I felt like we, you know, once those substitutions were made, um, I felt like our, our play improved. I think both you and Mo have said this. Um, I felt like the intensity started increasing. Uh, you know, everything was right. I think, you know, there was just like a few frustrating moments. I remember Robertson where he could have just laid, uh, you know, um, put more saline for a tap in. It was just like basically it was coming good. And you could sense that, you know, we had more of the ball. We were applying more pressure on Spurs. Um, sorry, on Southampton. I don't know why I'm obsessed with Spurs today. We were applying a lot of pressure on Southampton. And it just seemed to be coming together. And it was just a matter of time. And I started believing that as the clock started ticking down rather than, oh, my God, we're going to draw this, which is something that I would say. And I think Rakesh is right. I think the players now, psychologically, not only are they good players but they're good players who actually believe that they can do this you know it's almost like they don't have an element of panic in them which was something that maybe they had a few seasons ago yeah totally um i think character is definitely the the, the key word um i know it gets taken the piss out of because of brendan rogers but uh it's something that it's it's clear to see for everyone that it's something that we definitely have as a team now. And I think that was really highlighted in the way that we've we've turned into a cynical team as well when it's needed. We're a lot more savvy streetwise, you know, when we get the the second goal to make it two one, we we did nothing but some excellent bits of dirty bastard play which I absolutely love to see. Uh, there, there was that one Southampton throw that they completely cocked up and threw completely dead. And two, two Liverpool players ran after the ball as if they were going to pick it up. So the Southampton players started retreating. And then we just left the ball there and just walked off. And we just let, let Alisson take forever then to have to go and fetch the ball back. Uh, we had Robins, uh, Robertson got, got done when it was 3-1 and he just decided, I'm just going to take this guy out now. They're not going to get a goal. We had Fabinho doing an absolutely cynical foul at the end as well. Um, and uh, Robbo even as well. After that foul, he acted like he went to go and get the ball and pass it to them, ran to it and just walked off and left it there just to waste a bit more time. I, I just think that we are doing all of the things that we need to do now 
just to grind out these games and, and just to buy the time and just making sure that we get to the end. And it's something that we've been really poor with in the past. You know, we, we made a mistake against Spurs, Henderson, let Harry Kane take that quick free kick. You know, I thought that was something that we've eradicated from a game now where we, we don't allow the teams to take the quick free kicks. We, we take the, the, the easy fouls and, you know, go down when we get, you know, fouled. Uh, it's something that we are getting a lot better at. And I think it was really highlighted well in this game. And that just shows that not only have we got character, but we've got a bit of savvy as well. And more your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think that um, no, it's one of these things that make the difference between you know winning titles and coming second. Um, you know, it can be fine margins. You know, often um, title races can go down to you know three, four points. Um, I know that the last couple of seasons with City and Chelsea winning the title by um, comfortable margins, um, you know, we haven't quite seen that. But most seasons, you know teams don't win the title by a massive margin and you know, things like that you know these kind of uh, dark arts if you want to call them that can make that difference between you know getting the three points and ending up with a draw when you deserve a victory and losing two points needlessly and uh, you know, it's about shutting games off once you are in a comfortable position you are in the lead and you know, I think that we are learning as a team you know even going back to last season um, and certainly the season before that, you know, there was a naivety to the way we played, that we'd go into a lead, you know, we'd play well, we'd dominate an opposition team, um, but yet we'd still um, snatch the draw from the jaws of victory or even defeat, mm. um, you know, would result from, you know, a very comfortable position. And, you know, we, we've learned from those mistakes, you know, and I think that the managers learned as well, um, I think, I think the way that he approaches things um, this season um, are quite deliberately more pragmatic and less idealistic. Whereas I think before, um, you know, even if we were 2-0 up, um, he'd still be looking to go for a third goal. Whereas we've seen on a number of occasions this season um, that, you know, we are playing a more shrewder, more sensible way um, to try and make sure that, um, you know, the victory is the most important thing and the performance is second. And, you know, if, if we um, sometimes pick up a victory, but the performance is a little bit ragged and rough around the edges, it doesn't matter because, you know, performances don't win you league titles. It, it's, it's, the, it's the points. It's the, three, yes. it's the three points, you know, week in, week out, um, that deliver the, the silverware. And, uh, you know, I think that that is coming from the way that the manager sets us up. But I think that's filtering down to all of the players and, and we see that with the little things that they do. And uh, again, that gives us encouragement for the seasons ahead. It does. And sticking with you more, your namesake, I mean, what a time to believe. <clears throat> you know, um, important player with a very, very, very crucial, important goal. Um, devastating on the counter, just ran, ran, ran. And, uh, you know, um, goal draw and all that nonsense that people have been talking about him. And, of course, um, I don't think he had the best game today, but, um, you know, a man that believed and um, just puts it home. It was vintage Mosalav last season for me. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he went on that run and given the form he's had over the last few games. I was a bit worried about it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. I thought, no, please, please don't shoot Mo. Pass the ball to Bobby. He's in on goal. 
Um, but no, he, he won in that 50th and luckily it just snuck in on the right side of the post and, um, you know, went into the back of the net for a you know vital second goal. And, uh, you know, the celebration, whipping the shirt off and showing his uh, manicured uh, sculpted chest, uh, which, which I'm sure got some people excited. Um, you know, yeah, we, one of our subscribers great. mentioned how is it hairless, so much hair on his head and his beard. I mean... It, it was noticeably less hairy than we've seen in the past. Um, now, how he achieved that, only he can tell us, but um, that, that's his business. Um, but, no, it, it, was, it was good to see, um, you know, that it meant so much to him. And it felt almost like weight coming off of his shoulders yes. as well. You know, that, you know, he's been so desperate for this goal. Um, to the detriment of his performances, I felt, you know, we've seen it every single game almost where, you know, there was a clear pass on to a teammate, often like Mane or Firmino, and he didn't make the pass and he went for the uh, went for the goal himself and, um, you know, he, he fluffed the chance. You know, we saw it against uh, Spurs um, at the weekend where um, there was a simple pass to Mane and he would have been in on goal and mm-hmm. didn't make the pass. And, uh, you know, that, that could have cost us at the weekend. But, you know, that, that, that aside, you know, he, he did slot it away. That was the most important thing. And hopefully now that that weight is off his shoulders, you know, he can really rack up a few more goals now um, in the remaining five games of this season. Absolutely, Sam. Perfect time to get your shooting boots back on, right? You've got a game against Porto and, of course, you five big ones of these. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we've got um, not only those five games in the Premier League, we've got those um, Champions League games, you know, Porto coming up, obviously, in midweek. And, uh, you know, I, I really fancy our chance in the Champions League as well. You know, as Dave uh, Hendrick has mentioned on uh, post-match Raw, uh, why not both? Why not both? Um, I think both yes. is certainly well within our grasp. And I look at the teams that are left in the Champions League and I think we can take any of them all day long. Scalpel the bastards. Sam, your thoughts on Mohamed Salah? You know, again, perfect time to get your scoring boots back on. And I think more spot on, I think a massive weight looked like it was just lifted off him because even his decision-making during that, and I do this in their courts, goal drought, um, it seemed like he was applying a lot of pressure on himself. His decision-making was a bit off. Moz highlighted some um, instances there. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, f- first of all, it's absolutely not fair, right? Not only does Mo get the best intro, but he's also got Mo Salah as his namesake, whereas my best namesake is probably Sam Vokes. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm struggling all all fronts. Here. What about Samwise Gamgee? Yeah, I don't think he's that good up front. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. But um, regards to more, you could just... Hey, your surname is of a Liverpool manager, Roy Evans. I'm yeah, trying to make you feel good here. Yeah, I don't think he'll do too well up front now either, Mike. So I'm, I'm not going to get too excited about that one either. But um, yeah, just the relief you could see with Salah. Um, I just dropped my phone there. Um, the relief you could see with Salah were, was just palpable, wasn't it? It was, it was just... The, the shirt was kind of coming off, was symbolic of him. The, the weight off his shoulders, it's it's clear to see, right, even though he's been doing a hell of a job for the team and we have been putting him out wide right and it's it's obviously helped Mane a hell of a lot in getting his brilliant goal-scoring run recently, all the work that Salah's done. But it has been clear to see that he's been absolutely desperate just to get that 50th goal done and dusted. 
and you could just see when it went in and what a goal to get your 50th by the way can we just great great thinking oh. by Hendo as well header was oh. it yeah well when was the last time you could seen a headed assist from your own half <laughs> it's unbelievable but uh, yeah great from Henderson first of all a superb um, closing down by Mane to block the shot and then that kind of broke to Henderson who just decided to play a headed through ball and then we're away but the work rate from Firmino for that goal if you watch the goal back is unbelievable Firmino mm-hmm. coming in from so deep there and he's scarpered and, and drawn the defenders to the left. And that's created the space for Salah to be able to take that shot and to score the goal in the end. You know, obviously there was a lot of work still to be done, but, you know, that, that run from Firmino really made it possible. But, but what a finish. You know, it's something we haven't seen for a little while. You know, Salah's been scoring this season a lot, obviously, but it's been a little while since he scored a worldie. So it was, it was so, so nice to see it going. And when it goes in off the post, it's just that little bit better, isn't it? And you know, I almost killed my brother when it when he scored. I just jumped in the air, dived on top of him, and I think I nearly broke his ribs. But you know, he'll get over it in a couple of months, <laughs> probably. But uh, yeah, so just really happy for the guy, and I just think that's exactly what we needed going into these last five games. Now, Mo Salah's got the monkey off his back. And as as more touched on just now, you really won't be surprised now if he touches a few now against Porto. Absolutely. And sticking with you, Sam, I mean, you kind of touched on the attackers then, how important they were. And I felt like they just got better and grew into the game as, you know, things started opening up. Um, you know, there wasn't an awful lot of space for them in the first half. It was quite frustrating. They weren't getting the supply that they needed. So you can't really blame them there. Um, but I felt like, you know, throughout the whole game, I thought people like Mane were, you know, solid and consistent. And, you know, you kind of mentioned his work for um, Salah's goal. And uh, of course, you mentioned Roberto Firmino as well. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about the forwards because because um, I thought, again, you know, Roberto Firmino was, um, you know, defending. He was pressing their def- um, their, their defence as well. And, um, you know, um, Jordan Henson scored. But, you know, the work rate that Firmino put in for that, just to basically put it on a plate for him. You know, the attackers were actually very good in the second half. I thought Firmino was amazing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just... Don't don't just look at the flair attacking stuff that you know that they'll get on YouTube. That the work he put in today was exceptional. The amount of corners and crosses that he managed to defend today, uh, the amount of pressing he did. You know, I'm really looking forward to hearing the under pressure pod. Uh, Gags is going to have his work cut out. Maybe uh, some of the pressing numbers. I don't know, but I just thought Firmino was absolutely key for us today. I thought he was a a nightmare for the Southampton defence the whole game. I thought his his work ethic was something to behold. You know, I think it was in the first couple of minutes of the game, someone overhit the pass and it looked for all of the world it was going out of play. And, and somehow Firmino got there, got it back in and, and managed to get a cross in. Uh, so I just thought he was brilliant. I thought Mane was a danger. Um, again, he had a few headed chances today. Um, I think they became kind of forgotten chances later on in the game, but you know, we, we could have easily scored way before we got our equaliser with a couple of headed chances. Yes. Um, uh, for Well, one was before the equaliser, one was after for Mane. So, you know, that's something as well that we got to bear in mind. Uh, but, but one thing I just wanted to touch on as well before I forget, did anyone else, when Keita scored his goal, think that it was disallowed based on Keita's reaction? 
because I absolutely shit myself. <laughs> and the commentary was a bit subdued as well. It was almost like it's not given. Yeah, well, Kate's reaction, he looked delighted and then he looked disappointed yes. and put his hands on his face uh, as if they disallowed it. And I went, no way. And uh, yeah, I think it was just relief. <laughs> I think it was just pure relief. And I think it's it, you could see that with him, Henderson and um, Salah today. They've That could be such a big game for all three of those and that's going to give them a huge, huge boost now. So I, I just I just bring on the next game. I, I just cannot wait, you know. Uh, I, and Mo's completely right. We can do it in, in all fronts. Why not? When we've got this amount of determination and grit and we've now got a squad that can actually compete a lot, lot better, then, yeah, bring it on. Let's see Porto. Absolutely. And Mo, I want to get your thoughts on the attackers. Um, I've, uh, I mean, I, I truly believe that they kind of grew um, in, in the second half and they looked much more cohesive as a unit and it's nice to see like the likes of Mosala get a goal as well and Mane might not score but he still had a very good game and of course so did Roberto Firmino Yeah I, I thought that um, Mane was so good today um, mm-hmm. you know he's at the heart of so much of what uh, of some, so much of our better play um, attacking wise and uh, very industrious very relentless and um, almost the goal celebration by... with Keita was pretty magnificent as well. Like, come on, let me give you a piggy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was completely <laughs> harking back to uh, his uh, debut goal against uh, Arsenal, yes, the opening day of the 17 18 16 17 season. Um, where yeah, uh, Klopp gave, gave him um, a piggyback, so yeah, that, that was cool to see. Um, you know, him trying to do that for his best mate, and uh. You know, I, I thought he was good. Um, you know, Sam and yourself are both right. Um, you know, Firmino had an exceptional game today. I thought the only uh, slight knock is that right in front of goal, literally like in the, you know, six, eight yards in front of goal, um, there were about two occasions where the ball um, was in front of him. But, he, you know, the ball just didn't quite drop right, so he couldn't just slot it away. Um, but, you know, again, just fine margins. and. Uh, you know, on another day, he would have slotted a couple of goals away um, in those positions. Um, but his all-round play, on-ball and off-ball, was um, a sight to behold. And uh, you know, I think the last couple of games, you know, he, he really does seem to be getting back into um, the form that we saw, um, you know, in much of last season. And uh, you know, it's coming at a vital time. You know, and if Mo is now um, relieved of that. Uh, you know, burden of getting that 50th and he's back on form as well. Uh, and if we have all three on song, which we haven't, I don't think, seen at any point this season, nope. um, then that could be, you know, very frightening for uh, the teams we've yet to play uh, between now and the end of the season. So overall, it was a confidence booster for several of the players, um, but also for the fans as well. And I hope that we can use... Um, this is a platform for the remaining five games of the Premier League season, but also the uh, Champions League games that are coming up. Um, and as I mentioned before, um, you know, really fancy our chance of going all the way and uh, doing well in that competition too. So, you know, it, it, you know, here's hoping that you know we can really finish the season on a high now.
Here, here, and um, could not agree more. Let's let's hope Liverpool, you know, do the double. Um, that would be quite magnificent, and you know, pretty awesome for Jurgen Klopp. Right, guys, I think we've discussed, you know, the main points, the main talking points of um of the game. I don't think there's any more that we can say. So you know what, I will let you do plugs. Um, but before we do that, a massive thank you to all our callers a massive shout out to them a massive shout out to all the people who joined us on the live chats talking to us um in the chat box really appreciate you staying up and you know staying with us and you know it's nice that the reds have not ruined our weekend weekends and a massive shout out to both more chatra and sam evans but before i let them go they need to let you know where we can find them on twitter and what work they're doing sam i'll come to you first anything you'd like to plug anything you're working on and where can people find you on twitter uh, yeah, just just first of all, I just wanted to highlight just how important that win was for us today. Um, when you look at Man City's upcoming fixtures now, now that we've got that win on the board, they're they're looking at Crystal Palace away, and they got Spurs, then they got Man United away, and then they got Burnley away. So it was absolutely vital that we managed to get our neck just noses in front yet again, just before they come into those fixtures, and I just think that's going to put that extra bit of pressure on them to give us a chance to just win this leaf once and for all. Um, regards to plugs, um, I haven't got any recent pods on. It's been a couple of weeks, but if you want to have a chat on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. And if you see any tickets going spare for the Cardiff away game, please give me a shout because I live about an hour away. So that will be great. Thanks. Yeah, and he'll give you a grand tour of Cardiff. Trust me, we speak from experience on AI. <laughs> this guy knows it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We shall never mention again. <laughs> <laughs> so please do um, follow Sam. He writes and talks a good game and very positive and just an overall likable guy. And please sort him out with tickets. And Mo, uh, you, you, you do... Um, the, the Money Talks podcast, you wound up, uh, you're living rent-free in City fans' heads after your, um, uh, of course, your Financial Fair Play podcast. So where can people find that podcast and more of your work? What will you be doing? And where can people find you on Twitter? So people can find me on Twitter, at MoChatra, M-O-C-H-A-T-R-A. And you're quite right. Um, those um, fans who wear blue in your neck of the woods were very, very triggered by some of the stuff I've said and tweeted about their club. Uh, so they're very sensitive these days um, whenever I say mm-hmm. anything about them. Um, but, uh, no, I'm looking forward to doing another Money Talks podcast very soon. Uh, not about Man City, but about Liverpool and the entire squad. So with Dave Hendrick, um, we'll look at the uh, money we could generate from um, selling and loaning players. So we'll assess which players we can keep which we can loan and which we can sell so that should be a really fun one with Dave Um, that should be coming up during April can't wait for that one do 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 check out the money talks podcast it is highly educational even for someone like me who is terrible with finance I do like to listen just so I feel a little highbrow the content on AI pro is certainly highbrow there will be an under pressure podcast as well Gags is going to be knackered from um, collecting all them stats. That, of course, there'll be a post-match raw pod as well with, um, I probably believe, Dave Hendrick, Harry Sethi, and, of course, um, Trev Downey. More chatter, sometimes guests on there as well. He's an excellent contributor. Uh, there'll probably be a Mulby on the spot as well. There'll be a... Um, 
a tactics pod as well with Paul Dargleish and, and um, uh, Dan Rhodes. And for my part, I will be there as well doing a Euro Incision podcast post-Portal game. So please do keep it there. There is a seven-day free trial. All you got to do is go to www.anfieldindex.com forward slash join. Like I said, seven-day free trial. Some great content to get your teeth into and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it so do check that out and also download the app Anfield Index app it's completely free there's so much free content great articles great podcasts there's this one there's AI the main AI pod um, writers just face off as well awesome awesome content keep it here thank you so much for listening and you know keep your chins up enjoy your weekends the Reds did not fuck it up so you should have a good time and I will catch you in my next episode till next time up the Reds Podcast Network.